And let's also say thank you uh, to our other guests on Money Talk today. Alex Wong, a director at Alex KY Wong Asset Management Company. And Ken Wong, Asia Equity Portfolio Specialist at East Spring Investment. Money Talk will be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Uh, let's take a quick look at the weather now. Uh, mainly cloudy and dry, cool this morning and at night. Sunny intervals during the day with a maximum temperature of around 19 degrees. Moderate to fresh northerly winds, occasionally strong offshore. Uh, the outlook rather cool and cloudy with a few rain patches midweek this week. Temperatures falling further during the weekend. Currently, it's 15 Celsius, 64% relative humidity. Uh, Mike Rouse and Jim Gould will be here with Back Chat uh, in just a few moments from now. Uh, it's now 8.30. And with the news headlines, uh, here's Andrew. From the Hong Kong Anti-Cancer Society has urged the government not to allow an increase in COVID cases disrupt support for cancer patients. Dr. Rico Liu was commenting after the society found 60% of 250 caregivers it surveyed were depressed and showed increased anxiety levels amid the pandemic. Hong Kong reported nearly 15,000 new COVID cases yesterday, a level not seen since the fifth wave in March. At the peak of infections previously, public hospitals scaled back services for non-emergency patients. Dr. Liu cautioned against this. I think the government can do more at the point of ensuring the community support and community resources stay open even in the future during whatever pandemic that might happen again. Because during this pandemic, there are facilities that's closed, that's changed in the opening times that reduces the community support to the carers. So I think the government can make sure in the future to keep those facilities, keep those resources open for the carers. One of China's top health experts has warned of a surge in COVID cases in the wake of the government's decision to roll back some strict coronavirus measures. Zhang Nanshan called for a scale-up in vaccination efforts ahead of an expected increase in domestic travel during the Spring Festival in late January. Vicky Wong reports. Top epidemiologist Zhong Nanshan told Xinhua News Agency that the Omicron strain of the virus prevalent in China was highly transmissible and could lead to a surge in cases. He said the current strain was very contagious, with one person able to transmit to 22 people. He said there was a pressing need to step up vaccination efforts across the nation, asking seniors and people with underlying health conditions in particular to get vaccinated. Shops and restaurants in Beijing are deserted as the country awaits a spike in infections following the decision to reduce the scope of mandatory testing, allow some positive cases to quarantine at home and end large-scale lockdowns. Health officials in Hong Kong and across the border have cautioned people against stockpiling COVID medication. Yesterday, Secretary for Health Lo Chung Mao sought to ease fears of a shortage of paracetamol in Hong Kong, saying public hospitals had plenty of stock. In Guangdong, local officials said they were monitoring the supply of medicines as long lines sprung up outside pharmacies. This Guangdong pharmacist reassured customers over supplies. There have been times when we've run out of stock because demand has significantly increased. But we have made some adjustments. So if we run out of certain items, they will be restocked the next morning. The U.S. has taken custody of the Libyan man suspected of making the bomb that destroyed an American plane over the Scottish town of Lockerbie in 1988. It gave no information on how Abu Ajayla Masood was arrested. 
Stephanie Bernstein, whose husband died in the attack, welcomed the news that one of those suspected of killing 270 people could face justice in the U.S. I thought I was dreaming. I did not think it was real because of the chaotic situation in Libya, because the U.S. has no extradition treaty with Libya, because there are a number of militias who are controlling various aspects of life in Libya. I would say that most of us were, were quite pessimistic that this man would be brought to the U.S. to stand trial. NASA's uncrewed Orion capsule has splashed down in the Pacific, ending its three-week test mission around the moon. The space agency aims to return astronauts there and will focus on how Orion's heat shield coped after sustaining high temperatures on re-entry. Jim Free is from NASA. I think we've learned that our vehicle and launch vehicle have performed incredibly well. The tests that we had planned to do on it exceeded our expectations. We're actually able to add a number of tests to continue to push the spacecraft past its limits to uh, be prepared for our Artemis II mission in about two years where we'll have crew on it for the first time. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your guest presenter today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about the further relaxation of COVID-19 rules. Residents and arrivals infected uh, with the virus are now required to undergo five days of isolation rather than seven if their rapid tests prove negative for two days in a row. However, authorities uh, said social distancing measures and the face mask mandate will remain in place over Christmas as the local epidemic situation remains serious. Yesterday, Hong Kong reported nearly 15,000 new cases. Meanwhile, Shenzhen has increased the daily entry quota for Hong Kong travellers to 2,000 after the mainland announced 10 new measures to ease COVID restrictions and arrangements for cargo truck drivers going to and from the mainland have been made easier. After 9.15, we'll find out more about the Hong Kong International Darts Festival. And at 9.25, we'll get the latest World Cup update from our sports correspondent, Atom Chung. You can let us know what you think on any of these topics. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And first of all, we welcome to the programme Dr Alvin Chan, a paediatrician and co-chairman of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases uh, with the Hong Kong Medical Association. Uh, Dr Chan, good morning to you. Yes, good morning. Um, um, and I'm now a council member of the Hong Kong Medical Association. Okay. And uh, I thank you very much for invitation to mm-hmm. join this program this morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so yes, we'll update your title in the database here. Thanks very much. Um, so, so there's, there's much um, attention uh, focused on the use of the Leave Home Safe app. I mean, the, the Health Secretary, Lo Chung Mao, said uh, it's been very useful. It's, it's here to stay for now anyway. Um, um, how long would you expect that we will be required to use it? Well, I think uh, it will be uh, in place as long as uh, we still have such a um, big number of uh, infected people in Hong Kong, say, for example, yesterday, 15,000. And also still there were about 20, 
mortality cases every day due to COVID-19. I think uh, we need to have these uh, measures according to the uh, authority and also the experts. And uh, so we will, uh, I, I expect we will still have to uh, put on masks uh, outdoor and also in public areas, uh, even until the Chinese New Year. And in the hospitals, there will be still the, uh, those, those regulations. But obviously, they are now easing these uh, rules because, uh, after all, the, although the infectivity of this uh, infectiousness of this mutant uh, strain is very high, but its uh, deadliness uh, had dropped. And uh, so uh, Hong, Kong authority, uh, Hong Kong scientists, as well as the Chinese mainland, also found that uh, this virus is less uh, deadly and causing less mortality and seriousness. And so that's why that's the reason for um, uh, uh, easing of the restrictions right. and rules slowly, gradually. Dr. Chan, good morning. I, good morning, Mike. I was always under the impression that the objective of the Leave Home Safe app and checking in everywhere you go um, yes. was to drive up the vaccination rate. That is, uh, people, uh, we ran out of puff in our vaccination efforts sometime in the autumn of 2021. Then when this was brought in, scheme was brought in, suddenly uh, the rates went up again. People queued up to get their uh, vaccination. But aren't we now pretty high on vaccination levels? I think the vaccination rates uh, have been uh, very high uh, over uh, this year already. So that's why it's already uh, over 90% of our citizens have uh, uh, this, uh, the, third, the third dose, in fact. But of course, uh, in the extreme end, uh, over 80 and less than three years of age, the vaccination rate is still low. It's not that high. I, I think, uh, say, for example, the parents are still suspicious uh, whether the vaccine uh, could have uh, any side effects in the uh, children. And, of course, uh, scientists and our um, uh, authorities have already explained many times, but still people uh, have some worried uh, because of the uh, myocarditis possibility uh, of the beyond that, which was demonstrated in the teenagers um, earlier. Right. And uh, although it's reduced after reducing the dose and spacing out the uh, vaccinations, but then um, I think uh, the, the, the uh, authority and the doctors and scientists need more efforts to explain to the parents. And in fact, uh, having said that, um, uh, there is a 400% increase in the number of Hong Kong people taking the fourth jab in the past week. Right. And, uh, in fact, because of the bivalent vaccine that could target the new Omicron uh, strain, and people were attracted to have this uh, vaccination. And that is 81% of the Hong Kong people had the fourth uh, coronavirus mm. uh, vaccination last week were having the new vaccine. And so this had some uh, incentive for Hong Kong people to get the full jump because it's new and targeting the new right. um, I, I think the authorities should concentrate in their efforts in educating the people that this new vaccine is much more effective in uh, preventing the uh, danger of 
Can I ask about testing? Now, do we still test every school child every day? I think the government still has this restriction and this rule in place. And uh, I think uh, after all, the parents are, uh, are now used to it. The children are used to it. Uh, I think there are still, uh, say, for example, every day, uh, over 900 schools could have uh, uh, children or teachers uh, getting infected a day. Uh, and uh, the, I, I guess the education department would continue this restriction. Um, and, of course, I would hope that the government could give more, uh, perhaps, uh, some financial support to those uh, parents in difficult financial situations to get those uh, RAT. But how useful are they? I think... Uh, Every now, day? Five tonnes of single-use <laughs> plastic waste? I think it's not environmentally friendly, of course. Um, uh, and also for all those uh, disposable masks. But then um, balancing the risk, and uh, I, I think the... Um, you know, Mike, uh, uh, they, uh, the, the authority also had to give the confidence of the mainland authorities that Hong Kong government is taking every uh, necessary measure to, 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 to lower the infection rate in Hong Kong and also the series. So that the possibility of border opening will be in fact in the near future. So I, I think that is one reason why this measure is still kept in place. And I think, um, well, really, it, it's uh, perhaps uh, in the meantime a necessary evil. Could it be uh, weekly? That, Once a week, every Monday morning, rather than every single day? Yeah, now, the, the infection rate is increasing every day, you see. Uh, last week is perhaps still sometimes less than 10,000 a day. This week, uh, we are expecting more than 15,000 a day, every day. Then it's the increasing number of uh, infected people in Hong Kong every day. Then the government might fear that the mainland people would lose some confidence in Hong Kong oh. in opening the border. border yes, but I'm, I'm sure Shanghai and Shenzhen will be lining up to blame Hong Kong uh, for whatever <laughs> happens in their cities. Um, yeah, so, so that's why I guess they have to play safe. Uh, well, uh, perhaps we will give some hope to uh, the uh, relaxing uh, of these measures when our daily positive cases go down uh, daily. Mm -hmm. Then I think uh, these measures will uh, be hopefully then uh, relaxed a bit. Okay, okay. Uh, just briefly, Dr. Chan, because uh, I know you have to uh, leave us at uh, 8.45, but uh, um, how long do you think that is likely to happen before we see cases, uh, the number of daily cases coming down again? Well, um, I think we would expect the um, peak to be uh, within these two weeks and that it will uh, hopefully uh, go down in January, I, I hope. Uh, but then, of course, we uh, don't have the um, crystal ball. But then um, we hope that, um, um, well, in the experience of um, most other places with this uh, new mutant strain, um, uh, uh, the peak will 
uh, already. Many of our people had got infected. Then we have the herd immunity. And many more people have. Uh, now, uh, the vaccination rate would not have any effect in decreasing uh, the number of uh, infections every day because it does not prevent infection per se. It just prevents the seriousness of this illness after getting infected and lower down the hospitalization rate. And so, in fact, our main target is to protect our health system so that it won't be overwhelmed and so that uh, there is an effective turnover of hospital beds so that the February tragedy this year would not recur. I think that is the most important target uh, uh, this year, uh, this month uh, in the Hong Kong Authority, uh, so that uh, our hospital, hospital beds in the uh, health uh, hospital authority will still be um, uh, um, in, uh, sufficient right. for the uh, uh, ill patients or the elderly okay. so that uh, we could um, manage this um, new wave of uh, pandemic efficiently right. and uh, waiting the peak to go down. Okay, Dr. Alvin Chan, thank you very much. Uh, Alvin Chan, paediatrician and council member of the Hong Kong Medical Association. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And we're now uh, joined on the line by Simon Wong, President of the Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades, and George Cawthorley, Vice Chairman of the International Chamber of Commerce. Uh, uh, good morning to you both. Um, uh, perhaps uh, uh, Simon, Simon, Wong, uh, si Simon Wong, if we can come to you first. Um, um, you, you were expressing some uh, disappointment the other day that the social distancing measures were going to remain in place uh, over the Christmas holidays. Uh, what, what sort of Christmas uh, is your industry expecting? Well, of course, we uh, look forward to um, more opening or relax relaxing of the uh, restrictive measures. Um, you know, the Christmas or, this, or the month of December is actually a very important month for us uh, in terms of business. And um, with uh, such uh, restrictive measures, uh, we are not able to hold uh, large banquets and... Um, when we see that the uh, booking rate in these days uh, has not been uh, too promising. And um, we really uh, want the government uh, to uh, have more relaxation on the measures. When we see that uh, China uh, has already, um, you know, taken the, the, the quick um, you know, decision to uh, relax the measures uh, inland, then uh, why uh, uh, why does the government in Hong Kong uh, still are so conservative? I, I really don't understand. Um, there are lots of um, restrictive, uh, restrictive measures uh, can be aborted uh, or can be cancelled, uh, such like the um, uh, Leave Home Safe uh, apps and also the uh, uh, amber coke uh, policy, and uh, if we can, you know, um, remove this uh, type of uh, restrictive measures, we, we uh, believe that more um, travelers will um, travel to Hong Kong uh, from other countries. We're not at the moment. Good morning. 
we're not really getting any travellers, are we, at the moment? Well, we are getting some, but um, the number of uh, travellers coming to Hong Kong is far less than... Right. These are people who have to come here, basically got relatives or friends they want to visit, or they've got a compelling business reason. But uh, nobody's sitting down planning a holiday. Uh, we've just reduced the number of COVID tests on arrival, I think. We had them originally at 11, then we brought it down to 9. Now we're down to, to 7 in the first in the first five days. That doesn't sound like a huge advance. Well, still, um, travellers coming to Hong Kong has to go through the uh, PCR and also yep. uh, have to uh, register themselves uh, with the uh, Amber Code and they cannot, um, you know, get into the restaurants. Then, you know, then, you know for at least for three days. Uh, then it's not helping our business at all. All right. Mm. Uh, okay, uh, George Cawthorley, good morning to you. Good morning, Jim. Thanks good very morning, much uh, for joining us. Uh, so uh, the, the mainland has been uh, adjusting its COVID policy uh, somewhat. It's, uh, it's getting a little bit easier now to travel there for uh, business people based here. How's it looking from your point of view? Well, I mean, the, the quota is very low. Um, so basically, you know, it, it, it's, it's not really facilitating any additional travel. Um, I mean, when you think in normal times, uh, tens of thousands of business people cross the border every day. Um, so increasing the quota from 1,000 to 2,000 um, really is not going to help uh, at all in that respect. But I suppose we should be grateful that at least uh, it's upward movement. George, how come... We're now sort of driven to comparing ourselves with the mainland um, and not the rest of the world. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess because we're part of the mainland, but I mean, I, I, I think what we should be comparing ourselves with is Singapore. Um, and I think the question that needs to be asked is, why has Singapore managed to get to the stage it has in living with COVID? I mean, it has two-thirds of our population um, it has, right from the start, always had more infections than Hong Kong has had. It has always had much lower serious infections and much lower death rates than Hong Kong has had. Right. Um, and even now, when they are virtually totally open, I think probably I think the only restriction now in Singapore, they may have lifted that already, um, is you have to wear a mask on public transport. Um, but so our uh, question is, if they can do it, why haven't we been able to do it? I mean, it's not so much a, uh, a question for our present government as to what, what have you not been doing. It's the previous government, what do they not do in the, basically, the whole of 2022, they had the opportunity uh, to really uh, gear us up. Um, I mean, Singapore started gearing up uh, during 2021 for living with COVID. Yeah, it's an interesting question, isn't it? That sort of raises uh, implications about, uh, you know, the, the comparative strength of the medical services in the two places uh, and, uh, you know, various other policies for dealing with uh, the epidemic. But um, um, I have a, a message here on our Facebook uh, from Kim. It says, uh, even mainland experts are now stating that 
the Omicron virus is similar to flu. It's shocking that we are still insisting on masks. Our children will have no immunity to any illnesses. The harm caused by enforced mask wearing is outstripping any minor positive. Um, uh, thanks for that. Um, so, Simon Wong, um, yes. do you think uh, the, the, the mask requirement... Uh, well, I mean, first of all, do you find that uh, it's being sort of still fully complied with? And, um, um, and is that something that you would like to see uh, eased sometime soon? Well, of course, we uh, really look forward to uh, full, uh, full uh, relaxation of all the restrictive measures, like uh, people in other countries, especially in uh, Europe uh, and um, many other uh, Asian countries, they, they don't wear uh, masks at all. Mm. And I, w I was in France uh, last month and I will be going there um, again the, uh, the end of this month. And uh, because, you know, the, sitting in Hong Kong, uh, with mask on is just kind of annoying, and um, you 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 cannot breathe uh, freely, and um, you know uh, mask is uh, one of the things that we have to um, consider uh, to to remove it, and uh, and the other thing is uh, talking about the catering industry. There are lots of um, uh, restrictive measures that um, uh, restrict. It that restricts us uh, uh, to do uh, better business, uh, especially during, um, well, well, in December, we have a lot of uh, banquets going on, uh, but uh, we can only, um, you know, accommodate uh, 240 guests uh, in a party. Um, you know, um, consider that uh, previously we can uh, do an average of uh, uh, say uh, 40 tables uh, or close to 500 people um, per party, mm. you know, in average. Uh, but now we can only do uh, 240 people. Uh, the business uh, obviously uh, will be mm. reduced by at least uh, 40%. And, um, you know, uh, also uh, in, in these days when uh, a lot of pe people are uh, uh, traveling abroad uh, for their holiday, um, especially they spend most of their time uh, in other Asian countries like Japan, Singapore, or Thailand. You know. And, uh, you know, for these countries, uh, still um, the uh, COVID situation is serious. And uh, every day there are many, many um, cases um, you know, uh, people are being infected in th those countries. But, you know, uh, Hong Kong people just don't care. They just travel and, you know, the, the spend their right. the, the good time there. Could and you why in Hong Kong we have to yeah. have, still have such measures? Well, could you remind us of, of the RAT requirement for your large uh, gatherings? Well, for the RAT, um, if we have to go to uh, uh, banquets or parties, uh, for each table uh, with 12 or more people, uh, we have to do RAT before we can 
um, you know, uh, enjoy our meal. And uh, it, it is also annoying because, um, you know, if you don't uh, have the RET, uh, when you uh, try to enter the premises, then uh, you might be in trouble. Might or be turned away. Some, yeah, some restaurants can provide uh, free RET for guests, but, you know, the, still uh, not convenient at all. So, um, I, well, we really think that uh, this should not happen. Yes, this banquet rule, I think it's, if a group of people, even if they're spread on different tables, as soon as you go over 12, yes. um, everyone involved in that event has to have an RAT within, what, 24 hours or something? Within 24 hours, yeah. So the, that means, you know, even if you have a table of 12 people, you know, sitting together, then you still need the RAT. Yes, because your birthday party, you might have two or three tables. Yes, <laughs> then everybody have to do RAT. Yes, because cumulative. So this is uh, annoying. Okay, well, please uh, uh, both uh, uh, stay with us uh, for a while. We're just going to take a, a short break at nine o'clock for a three-minute news summary. Um, and let's have uh, just a reminder, if you want to leave a message uh, on our Facebook page, it's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on two double three double eight two double six. I have some emails which are, I'll read out uh, when we return. Um, quick look at the weather mainly cloudy and dry today, uh, cool in the morning and at night, sunny intervals with a top temperature of around 18 degrees. It's going to be a moderate to fresh northerly winds, occasionally strong offshore. The outlook, rather cool and cloudy with a few rain patches midweek this week, temperatures falling further during the weekend. The News on RTHK. And welcome back to Backchat uh, with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And this morning for our main topic, we're talking about the uh, the gradual relaxation of COVID-19 rules. Um, we have with us Simon Wong, President of the Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades, and also George Cawthorley, Vice Chairman of the International Chamber of Commerce. Uh, just a few quick uh, emails to read out here from uh, listeners. So, uh, Mike says uh, uh, zero COVID policy is not achievable. My two sons, ER and ICU paediatric uh, specialists, uh, tell me don't talk to me about COVID. It's boring. Critical cases are not prevalent. Um, Alan says, uh, having had the fourth dose in May, is it time for the fifth dose with the new vaccine? Um, well, certainly, I think, uh, Alan, from this coming Friday, you'll, you'll be able to book a fifth dose um, and you'll be able to choose the, uh, the the new bivalent vaccine, the one that uh, targets the original virus as well as the Omicron variant. Um, and one here from uh, this one from uh, Rick says, uh, please ask the good doctor why we are the only people on the planet uh, wearing stupid, ineffectual masks. Um, well, sorry, uh, the doctor, Dr. Alvin Chan, was with us just uh, for the first part of the programme this morning. But the mask, uh, the mask Do debate will continue. Do Dr. Rouse will answer that now. There's no reason, no good reason, especially not outdoors. Okay. It's crazy. Um, George, yes. uh, let's have another go. 
we all agreed that this uh, latest virus, which is now dominating the infection, is extremely contagious, but much less severe. But the focus here still seems to be on the total number of cases. How do we wrench the PR back to a more sensible basis? Well, uh, that's up to the to the government and, and its messaging. Um, I think they, in Singapore, I go back to Singapore again because it seems to be a very relevant comparison for us. In Singapore, the government prepared the population uh, with a series of announcements about what they were going to do. It was quite a, a long, forward-looking uh, uh, announcement, and, and, and uh, they basically played down um, the, uh, the uh, dangerous effect of uh, Omicron uh, by simply saying, "Look, uh, our standard uh, practice is that if you if you got if you if you get infected, uh, you stay at home, um, and uh, you call us." Um, and we'll give you the medicine, etc. Um, and no need to go to a doctor. Only if you really feel very sick, then you call your doctor and you take a taxi and go there. And you will then say whether you should go to hospital or back home. So, I mean, I think uh, our government has, has failed uh, significantly in terms of you know, failing to give us good uh, messaging and forward-looking messaging. Um, so I think that's, that's part of the problem. Right. Uh, Simon Wong, if I can come back to you, you're predicting yeah. a pretty gloomy uh, business environment in the run-up to Christmas. How about a run-up to the Lunar New Year? Because that's your next big chance, isn't it? Well, first of all, the, for the um, uh, solstice or, or the Christmas uh, holiday, um, we see that a lot of people have been uh, traveling to the other countries. And um, every day, you know, thousands of uh, Hong Kong people, you know, just uh, leave Hong Kong for, for, for other countries for holidays. And um, uh, that would actually affect uh, our catering industry. Uh, when we see that, you know, uh, uh, particularly in the evening, uh, in these days, um, they, they are... You know, the, only about 30 or 40 uh, uh, percent of the, the occupancy uh, of, of the restaurants, um, you know, which are occupied by, by the customers. Uh, you know, uh, and we, of course, look forward uh, to more uh, bookings uh, uh, near, near uh, to Christmas time. Uh, but um, when you're talking about the, the uh, lunar or the, the Chinese uh, New Year uh, holiday, uh, this would also be, um, you know, uh, one of our uh, important um, business period because, um, you know, during these days, we do have a lot of banquets. Um, and uh, I estimate that uh, even in December for um, this year, uh, we have a drop of business um, uh, by about uh, 25 to 30 percent compared to uh, pre-COVID uh, time, uh, that is uh, before 2019. Um, usually we do about, um, you know, 11 billion uh, to 12 billion uh, Hong Kong dollars of business in December. 
but for this time or this December, we can only do about uh, 80, about 8.5 or 9 billion. That means uh, there will be a, a drop of at least 25 percent of our business compared uh, to pre-COVID uh, right. time. And um, the booking situation now is not that promising because uh, we only record about forty uh, percent of the bookings uh, compared to the, the COVID situation. You know, during this time, uh, we should have about eighty to ninety percent of bookings. But at this moment, uh, we can only have about forty percent. So um, we are kind of um, worrying about um, uh, the, the business situation in the coming days. Um, but of course, we um, you know, have to do a lot of uh, other um, uh, promotions for the uh, you know, catering industries and trying to attract more uh, uh, you know, customers. But the thing is, you know, if we don't have uh, overseas or mainland travelers coming to Hong Kong, uh, that um, will also affect our uh, business, um, you know, by at least 10, 10 to 15 percent. Um, normally, uh, you know, we count on, uh, you know, uh, travelers spending about um, you know, ten percent to fifteen percent uh, of our uh, of the right. turnover of the catering industry. But now, you know, if we don't have the travelers, uh, our business will be suffering. Right. Our people but, are eating in Thailand <clears throat> and Singapore and and, and Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah. But their people yeah. are not coming here to eat. Yeah, that's right. That's, George Cawthorley, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to travel now. A lot of people are traveling uh, for the holidays, as Simon Wong was saying. Uh, that's uh, uh, kind of unfortunate for the catering uh, uh, industry. But is that sort of the greater ease of travel? Is that sort of going so? way to like uh, uh, slow down the what, what we've seen as a bit of an exodus of talent over the past year I think it, um, I think probably it is yes yeah mm -hmm. uh, um, and I think maybe it will uh, enable companies who uh, repositioned executives elsewhere in Asia uh, to bring them back to Hong Kong um, mm -hmm. so certainly that is uh, that is an important development of course but it doesn't help uh, inward travel, um, which we need in order to you know, regenerate uh, our business and, and expand our economy. And I mean, the, the emphasis has been on, uh, rather like in the mainland, uh, on trying to prevent deaths. But in the process of doing that, uh, you have the situation that there are a lot of people who are enduring a lot of hardship because they lost their jobs because mm. the economy has gone down. Um, and I think we got the balance a bit wrong. I mean, basically, you know, I'm, I'm in the high-risk group based on my age. Um, so I took all the precautions. I've been vaccinated four times. Um, it's, in, it's in the hands of the elderly. Um, why should uh, the government go overboard to protect the elderly uh, to the degree it is? I mean, they know the, they, they know the situation. They know the risks. Um, if you aren't going to get vaccinated, then you are putting yourself uh, in, in a higher chance of getting a very serious uh, right. um, 
What has the Chamber done with respect to the government, George? Sorry? What, the International Chamber. What, what, are, what are your plans for lobbying the government on this? Well, um, we, we basically, we, we belong to an umbrella group, which is, uh, which is all the Chambers. Um, so we operate through them in terms of uh, interfacing with the government. Um, so the government has um, a, uh, a meeting, a regular meetings with the International Chambers of all the International Chambers of right. Commerce. International um, Business Committee, yes. That's right, yeah. That, uh, so, so we do that through them. So we put our views to the, the IBC and then they uh, reflect them to the government. And um, when was the last time you had that opportunity? Um, I think it was about a couple of months ago. Um, I can't remember the exact uh, time. Right. But, I mean, we, it's, it's been like a broken record. We've been doing this for over a year. <laughs> and it's like water off a duck's back. Uh, Simon Wong, uh, uh, is your federation also active in lobbying the government? Oh, all the time. Um, you know, even a few days ago, I uh, personally talked to the, um, the chief secretary, uh, Mr. K.K. Chen, yeah. and um, asked him, uh, because, well, uh, we, we see that uh, the business in the restaurant um, industry has not been that good. Uh, because uh, of the COVID uh, uh, restrictive measurements, and um, and like uh, in, in the uh, uh, product expo in Victoria Park, um, you know most of the uh, booths, uh, food stores, uh, they sell food, but uh, you know people when entering the uh, expo cannot taste uh, any food. Then this is kind of um, annoying or inconvenience for the uh, uh, customers uh, going in uh, to 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 see the expo. Uh, not you know, not only for the expo, but you know the, uh, for the exhibition um, uh, industry as a whole. You know uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, food uh, exhibitions going on. Uh, you know uh, every year, but um, we still can not. Uh, taste any food for a food expo, for a food exhibition. This is, uh, you know, uh, non, not making any sense at all. And uh, we have been lobbying uh, to the government uh, many, many times and trying, um, you know, uh, uh, to ask, uh, request the government to uh, remove the, um, you know, the home, uh, leave home safe uh, apps and also the Amber Cook and also um, relax uh, the uh, number of people going uh, to banquets. Uh, you know, the, actually there shouldn't be any limitation on number of people uh, for banquets. Um, right now we only can do uh, 240 people uh, for a banquet. This is uh, obviously not enough uh, to uh, sustain our business. So, um, you know, I think the government has to strike a balance between uh, economy and um, uh, uh, and COVID. Uh, but economy nowadays is more important because uh, COVID, as everybody understands, uh, even uh, if you are uh, being affected, the the, um, uh, the situation is not that serious. It's okay. Just, you know, most of them are mild cases. Mm. 
So the, we hope that the government re, can reconsider uh, the situation and um, bring back our economy. Okay, great. Thank you very much uh, to both of you for joining us on the programme this morning. That was Simon Wong, President of the Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades. And thanks also to George Corfoli, Vice Chairman of the International Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And we're switching uh, our attention now to uh, a sporting uh, uh, fixture which was taking place uh, over the weekend, uh, a festival. Uh, this was the uh, Hong Kong uh, International uh, Festival of Darts, uh, International Darts Festival, which was back uh, after uh, being off for three years, a three-year hiatus uh, caused by the COVID um, pandemic. Um, to tell us more about it now, we have uh, on the line a Gentle Hoy, Executive Chairman of the Hong Kong International Darts Festival Sports Association. Good morning to you. Good morning. Hi, Jim. Hi, Mike. Hi, and thanks very much for joining us. And, and I believe uh, congratulations uh, are in order for the, for the Hong Kong team. And, um, and lots of things going on. You had like 30 events, I believe, taking place over the weekend. So what, what, yes. was, what were some of the highlights? Um, first of all, we won the team match. We defended the, the championship against the UK and six other countries and places in Asia. And also, we won the um, women single of the international invitation group. Mm. And we also ran over the 30 cups, uh, the 30 matches competitions for many other groups of people, like uh, primary and secondary school children, and uh, the seniors, um, some people with disabilities, discipline forces, etc., etc. Many mm. competitions went on. So, 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 were you happy with the way it went? I mean, was it was it, it was a successful gathering? Yes, I think it was a great success, and uh, the past three days has been thrilling. Mm. So, obviously, the international teams uh, came. Um, did they bring many visitors with them? Sort of non-participants. Um, some, some, but not many. You know, um, causing because of the uh, restriction still going on and. I think it, 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 in terms of tourists, uh, we, we had a, a lot back in the third uh, adults festival, but um, for, for the fourth, for the last three days, uh, we didn't have too much of the tourists. Mm. Right. There were mostly regional teams, weren't they? Uh, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, but also a team from the UK. Um, so, so how 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 come it was uh, arranged like that with all regional teams and and then just the one from UK? Well, first of all, because uh, for the last three festivals that we had, we we, we we always invited some of the teams that we had close connection with, mm -hmm. like um, Japan and Korea. They, they, they always came and uh, for some, they contact us directly, like uh, Thailand, that they wanted to come and join. And by the way, Thailand won the first festival and, and we won the third and, and Japan won the second. So, so mm -hmm. they always came. And for the UK, we wanted to invite some uh, team from the Europe that's our tradition for last time we had Germany and this time we contacted a few uh, for the teams that outside Asia we contacted the USA we contacted the Canada and, and and the United Kingdom and they they, they had the most interest to to, to come over 
Okay, and so let me ask you, how popular is the is the game darts uh, in Hong Kong? I believe there are about five thousand uh, uh, players who take part in local leagues. Um, yes, we also have that data in hand. Um, mm. I, I won't count the numbers to say how popular dart is in Hong Kong. Um, for for it is a big mission for 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 us, the IDFSA, to promote darts. Not only um, as a we want to promote it as a sport instead of some drinking games, and right, right. Th that's what happened for the for for the past I think past ten years in the decade. So uh, start after we started the festival, we organised many fun days in in primary school and secondary school, and we got lots of positive feedbacks from 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 students and teachers. Um, so it not only can be a physical exercise; it's also a good way to to build up concentration. Self-esteem, stress resistance, and, right. and sometimes they, they, they reflect that they got better grades in mathematics. Uh, right, and hand-eye so, coordination as well, I think. Sorry? Yeah. Uh, the eye-hand-hand coordination. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So, so um, we had professional players playing in, in, in other leagues now. So we believe if we started even younger, like uh, from primary school, we can even raise the bar further. Right. Excellent. Right. And, and besides the youngs, we also provide trainings and lessons for for elderly and people with disabilities, because uh, we want more people to try, more a different group of people. We we didn't expect it it would work out first, but <laughs> turns out they love it. So, so darts uh, is available. I mean, a, a lot of pubs that you, you go into, like like you say, you don't you don't want it to be necessarily uh, related to drinking or drinking games or things like that. But uh, uh, but but dart boards are still quite popular in sort of entertainment establishments, aren't they? But uh, but you're saying you're you're also taking the game out to schools and uh, and and you know trying to spread it further among the community. Yes, yes, we're doing it because we, we believe it is linked to drinking. It won't be treated properly. Mm. Uh, after all, you, you can you can see uh, different sports. If if they are only uh, located in pubs and bars, people will have, will, will have their prejudice and judgmental on it. But after we started the festival, the, the many principal from from primary schools and secondary schools they would talk to us and try to know more about it. Mm. Like uh, after we we've done the festival yesterday, many schools, many teachers came along and watched the game, and they they understand that it's not just about thinking and and, and how and, and anyway, it, it's yeah. it's, a, it's really a sport. They yeah. they watch the players playing with enthusiastic, and so they also cheer for Hong Kong, and everything is great. Okay, excellent. All right. Well, well. Thanks very much uh, for talking to us uh, on that subject, and uh, and uh, all the best. Uh, uh, that was uh, Gentle Hoy, uh, executive chairman of the Hong Kong International Darts Festival Sports Association. Now then. And as you probably know by now, uh, that is our cue for the World Cup. And joining us, uh, we have our sports correspondent, Atom Chung. Good morning, Atom. Good to see you. Good morning. So uh, quite a dramatic uh, set of uh, quarterfinals that we had over the past uh, few days. Do you want to take us through it? 
Sure, yeah, as it stands, so uh, France, Morocco, Croatia, and Argentina are through to the World Cup semifinals. Let's start with that France-England game. So France uh, beat England 2-1, a game of very fine margins. Uh, France went up 1-0 uh, at halftime. Then uh, Harry Kane tied it by scoring his first penalty. Olivier Giroud uh, scored with a header to put France up 2-1. Of course, Harry Kane had a chance to tie it from the penalty spot, but he sailed it over the bar. So it finished 2-1 for France. Why, why do you think Kane always takes the penalty? Couldn't we have had Rashford for the second penalty? Yeah, you know, he's been the best at it on the team. I think he's 17 of 21, his success rate for England. So, I mean, and he was playing well. He scored the first one. I think he had to be feeling good after scoring the first one. But then we don't know what happened in the second one. Maybe he was too nervous. Maybe he was thinking too much because he was up against his club teammate, uh, Hugo Lloris in right. goal. Mm. So, um, so yeah, so as it stands, uh, France are through. I'll just go through the other games. Uh, Morocco, that's a huge story in yes, the World Cup, it? all right? right. Yeah. Uh, first African nation uh, through to the semifinals and the first from an Arab country. Uh, Morocco, strong defense. No one has been able to score on them yet. The only goal they've conceded so far was an own goal. Uh, Youssef Nasri got the goal for Morocco in this game in a 1-0 win over Portugal. And then uh, earlier on Friday night, we saw a dramatic game. Uh, both of them very dramatic. Mm -hmm. Croatia beating Brazil 4-2 uh, on penalties. Uh, Neymar thought he won it in extra time, scoring a really nice goal. And he basically went from, you know, ex being extremely happy Galatian to just to, yeah, devastation, yeah, yeah, massive yeah. devastation when Croatia tied it through Bruno Pekovic and then they won it in the shootout. Is that Neymar's last World Cup? We don't know. We don't know. He's not that old. Oh. I think he's only 30. Mm. So he hasn't said anything yet. Uh, and then after that game, another dramatic and chaotic match between Argentina and the Netherlands uh, where Messi scored Argentina's second goal. We thought they were going to take it. They were up 2-0. Then the Dutch hit back with two very late goals and a surprise a free kick combination to take the game into penalties. And then uh, Argentina came through uh, thanks really to uh, Amy Martinez, their goalkeeper, stopping uh, two penalties to help uh, um, Argentina go through on and that the, one. The Croatia goalkeeper has always been also been a star. <laughs> he has been, yeah, yeah. A dominant Livakovic. Uh, uh, he also stopped uh, penalties in the shootout. Uh, he, he's been really good. He also stopped uh, uh, an attempt by Casemiro really late in the game to take that uh, into a shootout. So who's going to win the semifinals? Oh man, we can talk about that later. So the way it stands now, so on Tuesday night, uh, well that's tomorrow night, uh, well first of all, both semifinal games start at 3am Hong Kong time. Tomorrow night, very late night, Argentina versus Croatia, and then on Wednesday night it's France versus Morocco. Mm -hmm. And uh, some pretty big names no longer involved in the World Cup. What's, what's, what's going to happen now to, for, for instance, Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah, yeah. So he posted a social media uh, message earlier saying that, uh, well, uh, my dream of playing in the World Cup, it's, well, my dream of winning in the World Cup is over. But he hasn't said anything about whether he's in retiring right. from international football. And he stayed in Qatar and, and he go back. And he stayed in Qatar yeah. while most of his teammates have all gone back to, to Portugal. So... He hasn't said anything, but it, the, the feeling is he's going to sign for a team in Saudi Arabia 
And because uh, right now, uh, it seems like no team in Europe wants him. I think the, the, the problem is he's, he's now got a bit of a reputation for being a troublemaker. He doesn't uh, tackle back, so he he's sort of stands up front and waits for the ball, and he's still got terrific scoring abilities. But nowadays, it's 11 attackers and 11 defenders on the pitch for every team. Yeah, yeah. And after that fiasco at Manchester United, he's showing that he's not a very good teammate. Even though he still strikes fear on the other team, he's not as fast as he used to be. And what happened in the United just it hasn't helped him. Right. And I'm going to be in Old Trafford <laughs> on the 27th of this month. Mm. <laughs> he won't be there. No. Yeah. Quite a few managerial casualties as well. Um, what, what, what do you think is the future for, for Gareth, Gareth uh, Southgate? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he said he's going to take some time to think about it. Uh, I expected him to say that. Uh, I get the sense that the players really like him and the English FA wants him to stay. So, but again, it's the decision is up to him. Uh, same goes for the uh, Portugal manager, uh, Fernando Santos. The difference there is that uh, Santos has been with Portugal for a much longer time. He's been there since 2014. And uh, who knows if he's going to stay. But uh, another thing to consider is that the European Championships is only 18 months away. So that will also factor into their decision. Right. Okay. Say either jump now or... He has to do that one as well. Exactly. So if they're going to make a managerial change, they have to do it fast because you don't want to do that as you get closer to the Euros. Sure. Okay, that's great. Uh, thanks very much, Atom, and we look forward to speaking to you again tomorrow to look ahead to the first uh, semi-final of uh, the 2000. And next World week Cup. we can discuss the outcome of the final. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> we, cer we certainly will. Okay, uh, let's uh, have a quick look at the weather. It's going to be uh, mainly cloudy and dry, uh, cool in the morning and at night. Um, top temperature around 19 degrees moderate to fresh northerly winds. The outlook at rather cool and cloudy with a few rain patches midweek this week. Temperatures falling further uh, during the weekend. Uh, thank you to our listeners. Uh, thank you to everybody who wrote in and as